this week on Trip Weddings, websites for wedding photographers. Your website is probably one of the most important marketing tools. Many couples searching for a wedding photographer today rely on the internet to find photographers and narrow down their choices. Having a strong online presence is critical if you want to make it as a wedding photographer. On this week's episode, we begin a three-part series on how to build your online presence, beginning with your website. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Once again, I'm Bruce Clark, and I'm joined in the co-host chair by Mr. Robert Evans and Mr. Brian Capricci. Good day, gentlemen. Good day, sir. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you guys? Doing great. Fabulous. Feeling good. Excellent. So you guys are all ready this week to dig into a, a part one of a three-part series. We're going to be uh, we're going to be launching a series here. We're going to dedicate it to building your online presence, and today we're going to focus on websites for wedding photographers. And then in a, in future episodes, we're going to dig uh, further into blogging, and then we're going to spend an episode just talking about managing social media. But before we get into the show, uh, we want to remind you how you can get uh, in touch with us, how you can participate. Uh, so we've got several different ways to interact with us. Um, first off, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings, and there you will find the show notes for each episode, which contain links to everything we mention on the show. Um, and you can also leave your comments and feedback for us in the comment section. If you have a question or if you have a suggestion for a topic for a future episode, you can also email us. Our email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com, or if you prefer using social media, just use the hashtag TwipWed, add that to your post, and we'll keep an eye out for those. And we're on a couple of other networks. We're on Instagram, so if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow us. We're over there. We're at TwipWed on Instagram, and I think, Robert, you posted a few photos there. Uh, yeah, finally, I got weeks ago. images up there. Excellent, so we got some content coming. And we're excited to announce we have a brand new Facebook group as well. So if you just head on over to facebook.com groups, uh, look for Twip Wed is our is our group, or just search for Twip Weddings, and you'll find us there. So feel free to jump into the Facebook group, participate, ask questions. We're going to be trying to post some images and things up in there. You'll also get you know notified when a new episode goes out. Um, so be sure to join our new Facebook group. So lots of ways to get in touch with us. So let's uh, let's jump into the show. So um, this week, like I say, we're going to start a three-part series on kind of your, your online presence, and we wanted to get started with um, websites. And your you know your website's probably one of your most important marketing tools. Would you fellows agree? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. So I think you know a lot of couples these days. You, know, you think about yourselves. You know, when you're searching for anything. Wedding photography, a new car, a plumber, or whatever you need. Um, you know, everybody's pretty much going to the internet, right? Uh, if, you know, besides a referral, I think the next step a lot of people are going to do is they're going to go online. Um, even if they're getting a referral, I think they're going to go online and they're going to use the internet to research that person. They're going to look at their website. So I think having a strong online presence is critical uh, if you want to make it as a wedding photographer. So we're going to dig in um, and start talking about websites. So I guess we should maybe start at the beginning. Um, Brian, I'm going to toss it to you first. What what are some of the first steps that you say a new wedding photographer? Let's let's take a new wedding photographer. They haven't got a website yet. Um, where should they get started? Where's the first place they should start? I always like to. I've I've actually written a lot about websites for photographers because I think it's a really really interesting topic, and I also think it's something that. A lot of photographers um, perhaps fall into the trap of just making assumptions that uh, of what a website is. And so maybe before we even get into some of the specifics, maybe we can kind of just have a bit of a round robin and hash out 
what we sort of believe to be what a website is. Um, I'll start with myself and just sort of share my input on it. Um, I, I don't think that a website is a portfolio. Uh, I think a lot of the times photographers get into the idea that a website is just your portfolio and I think that a website needs to be a lot more than just your portfolio. I think it needs to have your portfolio on it but it isn't just your portfolio. For me, the whole idea of a website is it is the tool that communicates to your potential clients who you are, what you do, why you do it, and make them want to connect with you further to pursue a conversation about hiring you as their photographer. Um, certainly your portfolio is an important part of that, but I think that there's a lot more that we need to consider that goes into it. And I know that we're going to talk a lot about that kind of stuff for the rest of the episode here, but for sort of the tip of the iceberg, I believe that it should be, um, like I said, describing who you are, your background, um, what you do for your clients, um, what the clients can expect out of the experience with you. It needs to educate them about what you do and how you do it and why you do it. And then also have your, your portfolio and then have a strong call to action to actually get in touch with you. Um, so I believe that that actually should come before you necessarily start digging into actually making your website. So sit down with a piece of paper and say, what do I want my website to do for me? And then from there, it'll give you a framework to, to go off of to build your website. What do you guys think about all that? Yeah, Robert, what do you think? No, I think that's great advice. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've had a website since 94, and of course, they've evolved. I find myself every couple of years <laughs> wanting to change mine and do it over and do something new. And so I think I'm sure photographers go through that. But <clears throat> I think it's definitely important to, to do that, to keep a fresh content on there. Because if you're bored of it, then I'm sure people are bored of it. But I guess, you know, if we're attracting brides and grooms, it, you know, they're going to hit it one or two or three times probably, and then you're going to get a lot of new people. But still, I think fresh content is important. Um, so you I got think rid of those it, animated gifts and the scrolling highlighted text is not on your right. <laughs> I think keep it simple. I think simple. I mean, I, I sort of preach that in photography as well. You know, keep your images simple and powerful, and I think you'll get a lot more attention. Too much, you know, you'll scare people away. There's just too much. People's attention span, of course, on the Internet and in today's world is very short. Um, so your bios and your things like that need to be precise and quick. Speaking of bio, I mean, I, I've had this before. Uh, I think I kind of have a version of it now, but I kind of have two bios, one that's like a little bit more of my professional background and the things that I've done, and the other one is more about me, um, you know, the things that I like, um, so you can kind of relate to, you know, that client can relate to you. Oh, my gosh, he likes big watches, and, you know, so... Um, also, um, which I'm redoing and I've had in the past, I, I kind of have now, but I'm doing is adding a lot more video content. You know, yeah, having like an about you video or something that, again, I think for me, the website's really, we're selling ourselves. I think we're, we're different from a lot of other businesses in that we're not necessarily selling a product. We're not selling a widget. We're not Amazon. Right. We're not Barnes and Noble. We're not, mm -hmm. you know, we're not selling we, I mean, we are in a sense that we're selling wedding albums and things like that, but really what people are buying is I th think, you know, they're buying us as a person. They want to connect with us as a person. So I think you're right. You need to really sit down and, and, and plan out your site before you start getting into the nuts and bolts of it um, and really think about how do you want to present your brand, your image, your personality, your, you know, yourself 
because I think that's a big part of your of your website is getting your personality across to people. I think one of the things, uh, maybe Bruce, if, if I can even just like circle in and perhaps just you know share share my side of of uh, of the point you made, and I, I agree with you that we have to remember what we're selling um, on our website and in our business in general. I mean, the website is just sort of the 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 first touch point of what we're selling. Um, but I really think that um, we've gotten into this space today and, and maybe Robert maybe you can even comment on this because you've been in the industry for a long time but for a long time photography was about selling photography and it was about selling the artistry and the craftsmanship and the work that we provide for our clients um, and maybe this is getting into a deeper discussion than websites and I can pull out quickly but um, there, we're in this space right now where it's it's about selling you right like it's about selling the person and I don't know if I necessarily fully buy into that idea I do believe that we have to make it about us and we have to show our personality and we have to do all that but I think that when someone's on your website looking uh, looking into hiring you as their photographer, sure they want to know who you are, but mostly they want to know what you can do for them. And I think that it's a really small distinction, but it makes a big difference about making your website that brags about you and just goes on forever about what you do versus you describing what you do in the context of what they want to hire you to do. So it's a, it's a small distinction, but I think it's something that a lot of photographers get into this whole personality marketing thing that seems to be a trend in our industry today. Um, and I think that it's not the right presentation of what we should be doing. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. yeah I, go, go ahead, Robert. Sorry. I agree. Um, I've kind of always said there's you know two things that separate us as individuals and as photographers. And one is our eye and how we see something that's just as unique as a fingerprint. And the other is your personality. So, of course, that's what people are, are marketing off of. Um, I would say you put your best, strongest images up there. I mean, I think people come to a photographer's website to look at pictures. So you don't want to have too many, but you do want to have plenty of content. You want to make it easy to navigate to see what they want to see. So whatever they're looking for, wedding, boudoir, portrait, corporate, whatever it is, needs to be very clear and they need to be able to find it. I think that work needs to stand out so it helps set yourself, set you apart. <clears throat> and then the personality factor is the other one um, because, you know, that is what's what's going to separate you. And, and then I think not just, you know, like I mentioned, you have to put your personal interests, but, you know, I think I started to talk about video before I got dropped off. Um, but that's a great way, you know, good, you know, maybe a minute to no more than two-minute video of how you work and why you do it and, you know, make them want to hire you. Mm -hmm. um, yes, you can go into the your personality and the thing you like, but not too much of it. You know, you just basically have to intrigue them enough to go to that contact form and get a hold of you. Yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned kind of Brian. Just something interesting is that you know there is kind of this pendulum, right? You sort of see you previously you had the focus was more around the the portfolio and around mm -hmm. the the imagery and, and what we were creating, and now the pendulum's kind of swung a little more to the towards the selling of the personality a little bit. Right. But you don't want to take either of those to. I think what you're saying is you don't want to take either of those to the extreme. You don't want your right. site to be all just me, 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 me. This is who we are. This is how cool we are. This is why you should. This is why you should hire us. Or too far the other way of it's just a, a really strong, you know, portfolio of images, but no little to no information about you. I think there's there's a kind of a happy middle ground there. Is that yeah, kind of I, where you were going. I, I guess there's that, but I guess more so. I think that a lot of our industry has misinterpreted the education that a lot of great photographers and educators have put out about personality marketing, and I think that 
we have to consider that that yes, you want to show off your personality, and I'm not advocating for not showing off your personality, but it needs to have context. Like there needs to be a reason behind what you're saying. It's the difference of me saying I like M&Ms, and it's like anyone that's on my website's like, okay, good for you. Like, what does that mean? Like, versus me saying I'm a hopeless romantic, and I believe that. Uh, that intimate moments are best enjoyed, blah, 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 and going on like that, like like showing my beliefs or, or who I am or what I what I do. I could talk about my daughter or my wife or whatever, but the way that I frame it um, shows them some kind of benefit to them as opposed to me just being like, it's all selfish, it's all about me, I don't care about you kind of thing. I just think that that's <clears throat> it's a small distinction, but talking about your personality or talking about yourself or your beliefs in the context or framed around a way that your clients can understand what that means for them. That's all that I mean, I guess, is having that distinction. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. So, um, okay, so you, you, you're going to sit down, you're going to kind of map out and plan out your, 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 the purpose of your website, what you want to achieve with it, what you, what you want to accomplish with it. Where do you go... Kind of what's the next step? Or where do you even, if you're not sure even where to start there, like would you sit down, would you suggest they sit down with a professional web designer or is there somebody else that they should sit down with before they actually get into the technical website side of things? Well, you should, I think you should, depends on how good of a, a writer you are. Um, I think it definitely helps to, you know, so you've done your outline of your website and then you know you need a bio page and you need an about or not that's the same, but maybe a pricing or whatever you're going to talk about. But all those places where there's going to be writing on your web page, your home page, your front page, I think, you know, you need to at least do a rough draft of that. Sit down with somebody that, you know, maybe writes and, you know, even if it's a parent or a good friend or, you know, and put that together. So you, because you need to have all those things in place um, and ready to input into a, a site, depending on how you do that. And then, so I guess the next natural step would be like, okay, well, what do I want my site to look like? Um, you mentioned web designer, Bruce. I mean, I think if you can afford that, that's a great uh, avenue because hopefully that person um, will guide you. Um, but the, I think you think you'll find a lot of times with web designers is is um, they know well. There's some that know how to put the site together, but but creatively they're not that creative. You know, maybe they don't know how to lay it out or, or in, interpret your vision to your website. Um, good ones do, I think, but you're going to pay a lot of money for that, so especially for a new photographer. But there's a lot of great companies out there that have, uh, you know, template-based web-type websites. that They've come a long, long way from what they used to be. Um, there's many out there that impress me. Um, you know, I, I use a few templates from Into the Darkroom. Um, there's Squarespace. There's other, you know, ton of WordPress um, out there that you can. You guys chime in. I know there's a ton of them, but especially WordPress. But uh, even WordPress, you know, I think that's a good place to start. You'll hear that term a lot because uh, it's good with SEO, you know, search engine optimization, so people can actually find you. Um, there's great designs and you can customize all that stuff so again maybe you find a WordPress site that you like and then you have a designer help you kind of tweak it but I think that's the first natural kind of steps you should start taking 
Yeah. Brian, what would your advice be to somebody? Say, say they're just starting out or even maybe they're established and their website is a bit of a, a mess and they want to redo it. Where would you go? Would you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess you have a very strong opinion on this. <laughs> no. Why would you uh, guess that? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I do have a strong opinion on it. Um, perhaps partially because, uh, you know, some of my partners in Sprout are web designers. Like that's, that's what they do. It's what their, their, uh, company before Sprout was. So I certainly am, uh, in, informed in that space a little bit more maybe than, than some others. Um, but, but here's my bigger question with this. <clears throat> if you wanted to be a professional photographer, would you shoot your first wedding on an iPhone? No. You'd get the equipment that you need to do the job right. As photographers, when we have a corporate client call us and say, oh, you know what, can we just actually borrow your lights because we actually have a pretty good camera that you know, Joe down in marketing has. So I just need to borrow your lights and I'm just going to pay you less because I can't really afford, we don't have the budget for professional photography. So can we just borrow your equipment and pay you just to rent them? As an industry, we're like, we, we always revolt and come, come at everybody with the pitchfork saying, why don't people value professional photography? I kind of have the same beef with web designers. It's like, why, why do we feel like we can do the art and the craft of web design? We are not web designers. Why do we feel like we have to go and use a cheaper tool or we justify why we can't afford a website, but then we'll justify why we need to spend that $2,500 on a new 70 to 200? Your website will do so much more for you than a new 70 to 200 2.8 will. And I just have a bit of a beef with the industry not valuing the artistry and craftsmanship of other people in other industries when we're at this own battle ourselves trying to fight for the artistry and craftsmanship in photography. And so I'm not saying that everyone needs to go and hire a custom web designer for their first website. I understand that there's expenses, but I'm also saying that's the cost of doing business. If you want to be a professional photographer, you're not going to show up to a wedding with an iPhone. So I don't know if we should necessarily always just default to going with a template website. There are some great template websites. I love WordPress. Everything that we build is on WordPress, so I'm a huge advocate of that. There's some great themes out there. The problem is that you're going to go and then get a theme, and then all of a sudden you've got to tweak the theme. And if you have no idea what you're doing, you have no idea how to make changes for responsive design or for user interfacing or for user experience or you're tweaking colors. Like We don't know how web design works. We don't know how color harmony works with web design. We don't know how elements work, how UX works, how UI works. That's all things that a web designer knows. So sure, we can get a template and we can customize, but, but we're not web designers. So it may be a good place to start, but I just really want to encourage photographers to think about that doesn't have to be the default. That doesn't have to be assumed that you start with a template. I think that if you want to be a professional photographer and you get the proper equipment to be a photographer when you shoot, you should also get the proper equipment to market your business properly. And that, in my opinion, includes having a custom website made up and brand. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's good. So what, like, what would somebody be looking at? What, what would you say would be a good, decent average to look at if you're going to get somebody, you know, hire a professional website designer to help you design and build your website? What would you say is a, a, an average? Okay, so so let me let me frame it in the context of you're hoping like we've already established the fact that like pretty much every customer that ever books you will at some point find themselves find themselves on your website, right? Even if it's a referral, if I get a referral from a bride or whatever it is, that referral will probably at some point find their way on my website to just dig deeper, look at my portfolio, find out more, contact me, whatever it is. So 
almost every single client that you book, almost every single dollar that you take in can be in some way tracked back to your website because everyone touches your website. So if I'm hoping to be a professional photographer and let's say that I want to make $60,000 a year and I want this to be a career, that's what I want my income to be. What is that worth for me considering the fact that everyone touches my website? That's the consideration you have to have because I could just spew out a number of what I think a website would cost and I, and I will, but you just have to consider that every dollar that you make is in some way tied to your website. So your website is responsible for that and can make the decision or can help your clients make the decision of saying yes or saying no. So there's huge value in your website. That being said, um, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect spending anywhere from, from four dollars to $5,000 on a custom website to have a completely custom website and have them build it the way you want it with the colors, the design, the responsiveness. It's a whole new world now. I mean, Robert, you talked about having your website back in 1994. Um, website design now, not only are we designing for a computer monitor, we're designing for iPads, we're designing for iPhones, we're designing for Androids. Like, we don't know what kind of device our clients are going to come to our website on. And so there's a whole new world of considerations of responsive design, which basically means making a website that adapts to the size of the screen and the device that you're viewing it on. That's really complicated stuff. I know because I've gotten into it with my designers here. Um, so yeah, it costs money. But again, just like we want photography to be valued, that work needs to be valued as well. So I think four to $5,000 isn't unreasonable to expect to spend on a website. So I want to ask Robert, so you started out back, you said your first website was kind of 1994. Have you always kind of done your own um, website or have you hired somebody to do your web? No, I've always hired somebody to do it. Now I have a few, um, you know, template type blog based things or whatever um, that I've kind of done myself through different companies like Into the Darkroom. Um, and then I've learned along the way. Now, I wouldn't say I can code or do any of that, but I've learned some basic HTML and I can do things if I want to make quick changes to my sites. And, you know, <clears throat> we've talked about WordPress. And then again, for those of you who are not familiar with WordPress, it's very user-friendly. Um, so you can make some of those changes yourself, but you would need a designer to customize it, those type of things. Um, and I, I agree with what Brian was saying, uh, too. I mean, I've spent as much as $10,000 paying mm -hmm. someone to do a site for me. Um, it really depends on what you want. And then something that you said, Bruce, that I think, um, you know, again, especially if I'm addressing the new photographer right now or even a, a sort of established photographer, but they're like, oh, you know, or maybe Brian said it, but you guys are all willing to go out and spend $5,000 on a new camera because it's the latest and the greatest. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know the investment in your website, like Brian mentioned, is super important. So, with that said, you know you could allocate three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, whatever it is, from each booking you get, and put that in a fund until you have enough money to do your website. And then, of course, like anything, you know, get referrals, find designers that you know friends have used. Um, I, there is. And I'm going to generalize, and Brian, you can you can argue with me here, but <laughs> I've found with web designers, they're much like contractors. Um, they don't do the job when they say they're going to get it done. They take forever. Sometimes they drop off the face of the earth, and I'm sure that's a matter of finding the right person. Yeah. My point to all that is there's good and there's bad. Mm -hmm. uh, is just really getting referrals, talking to a lot of people, finding success stories, yep. and then maybe contacting that person. 
Totally. Do you guys think if you're if somebody was looking for a web designer, would it be better if they found somebody who kind of specialized in working with other creatives, be it photographers or you know other creative fields? Yeah, I, I think like in my experience, um, the the web designers that I had hired to do my website, who are now my partners in Sprout, um, they didn't have experience building a websites for photographers, which which in my mind was kind of a good thing and a bad thing. Um, a bad thing because we had to build everything from scratch. Even like my gallery system, we completely built a gallery module from scratch, which is like obviously really, really complicated to build how that all works. Um, but it was a good thing because I could have it designed and built exactly the way that I wanted to without saying, oh, well, this is the way that this plugin works or this is the way that this pre-existing gallery template works. So it was a good and a bad thing. I think that you need to hire, like the search for a web designer is the same thing as the search that our clients go through for a photographer. You have to go through, look at their portfolio, look at their work, do you connect with their style, do you connect with them as the, their own personality. Um, if their website doesn't do a good job at selling them, they're probably not going to build you a good website that will do a good job at selling you. <laughs> so judge their website based on, if this was my website as a photographer, does that work for me? Like, am I convinced enough to call them? If their website is compelling enough and designed well enough, um, then they're probably going to do a good job with building you a similar version, but for yourself. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and just do like a quick little plug here because I think this is really important. There's actually a great web designer. Uh, his name is Alex Vita, and his company is called Foreground Web. I know this is a huge plug for Alex. I have no affiliation with Alex at all. I've just had him on my podcast. But he does websites exclusively for photographers, custom-designed, built in WordPress. And if you want to see a guy that's at the cutting edge of building websites for photographers, he is it. And he's got some great content on his website as well. So you should definitely go check him out. Cool. What was his, uh, what was his site Alex again? Vita, and his website is, I think it's Foreground Web. Dot com. I'm just going to do a quick check as I'm here. Yeah, foregroundweb.com, F-O-R-E, groundweb.com. Okay, we'll put a link to that in the in the show cool. notes for this. Um, you mentioned some of the people you've worked with are, are sort of locally based. Uh, Robert, your designers that you've hired, have they been somebody local or? Uh, yeah, at the time uh, they were local to me, um, but even though they were maybe 30 miles away, I think most everything I did was over the phone or over the internet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would talk. So you don't. You could find someone in Germany if that's what you wanted. Um, you might be keeping different hours <laughs> to yeah. get your website done. But um, I think it all can be done that way. But um, another thought that I had while Brian was talking was again, um, we don't like our clients at the wedding telling us how to shoot. Correct. I mean that that can be agreed. So I think you need to have that same attitude when you're building your site. Yep. Yes, you're going to have a vision, but you really have to, you know, again, you have to trust your vendor. You have to trust that person that you're hiring because you've made that decision. You've hired them. You're paying them a lot of money, just like us. And now you need to trust them and uh, let them guide you and, and build, you know, a nice site. Um, I know as I look around on the Internet, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of bad websites. Mm -hmm. There really are. A lot of photographers have terrible sites, so you can ask yourself that question: Is my site terrible? And you know, maybe think about redoing it. Like I mentioned, I I kind of redo my site every couple of years uh, because you know some is to keep up with technology, but some of it is just because I'm bored of the site. So let's 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 talk a little bit about that then, because I think um, you know you can spend a lot of money and maybe try and do it yourself or throw a lot of resources at the website, but if you're not 
if you're not showing up in the search results, I mean, if you're on page 25 of the search results, I mean, you're, people probably aren't finding you through search. So that's one aspect to keep in mind. Of if you, you know, if you if you look at a higher professional web designer, probably they're going to have experience, uh, you know, on the S, you know, search engine optimization or SEO um, to help you with that end of things. But I think another big part of it, um, we touched on it briefly earlier, is uh, is mobile uh, is such a big part now as well of the website experience. You know, everybody's browsing, <clears throat> and I think the last stats that I saw is, you know, it's like 40% or 50% are coming in from a mobile device. So people are looking at it on a, on a tablet or on a smartphone. So you, you, know, you have to make sure that your website is optimized for that. Um, and I know Google, not that long ago, they rolled out, you know, they're always updating their algorithms, right, their search algorithms <laughs> that determine, you know, where you rank. And one of the, the changes they made recently was based around mobile. So if your site wasn't mobile friendly, it, they were going to kind of punish your site in terms of the site the site rankings. So those are another thing that, you know, working with a professional web developer is probably going to be able to help you with that if you don't, you know, know where to go or, or, or what to do with that stuff. So let's 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 dig in maybe just a bit into the I want to dig into the maybe the content side of things. We could talk about some of the technical like where you know who's the best for hosting and, and, and registering domain. But let's I think maybe I think it would be better to dig into a bit more of the content. Because I think that's going to be more beneficial because I mean you can ask a million people and they'll tell you where to host it. But in terms of the actual content, what are what would you guys say would be some of the the must haves? And then I want to touch on what are some of the things to avoid having on your website. So um, just before that, Bruce, can I just quickly share a link to, to anyone that wants to maybe dig in a little bit deeper into the SEO side of things? Mm, yeah, for um, sure. There's a web designer, um, or actually I'm not even sure if he's technically a web designer. He's maybe a coach. His name is Ben Turner. Um, I had him on this Routing Photographer podcast, and we talked about search engine optimization, but he's probably one of the best educators and speakers about SEO for photographers that I've ever uh, personally seen. And he's got a website called Photo. SEOacademy.com. And if you go there, just photo SEOacademy.com. Um, he's got a whole course you can go through and learn a little bit more about SEO um, and how to sort of get get shown up there on uh, on Google and on the different search engines. So just wanted to kind of insert that as a, as a, as a point because a lot of the SEO education out there is generic SEO stuff, mm -hmm. whereas Ben's stuff is really specific for photographers. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Cool. We'll link to that. Cool. Um, so we were talking about content. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what would be your? I'll start with you, Brian. What would be your some of your must-haves that you, you think need to be on a website? And then I'm gonna throw it to Robert and get his thoughts before we do our things to avoid. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think number one, um, your style needs to be implied through your portfolio. But I also don't think it's a bad thing to explicitly talk a little bit about your style, again, in the context of how the your client will be experiencing it. Um, one of the things that I love most about being intentional about actually describing your style and talking about it is then you now give your clients the verbiage and the language to then grasp on to what it is that you do. You know, I mean, like, the average lay person may not be able to um, fully understand in words the difference between one photographer to a next. They might just look at a portfolio and say, oh, either I like it or I don't, or I connect with it or I don't. But if you can actually give them the words that describe your style and, and sort of put some language to it, then you're now giving them some way to identify with you, and you're also giving them some language, if they connect to it, 
to really go forward with, and then they're always going to be comparing things back to you because you're the one that gave them the language to use. So I think describing your style um, in like in human words as opposed to just making them try and guess your style through looking at your portfolio, I think that's a really, really, uh, like definitely something that you should have. Um, on my website, I actually have just a, a button that's called Style, and it actually walks through and describes uh, what I do as a photographer and what my style is and how a client would actually be able to um, understand that in layman's terms. So that would be one thing. Uh, and then and I'll, pass it, I'll pass it off to somebody else. And that, that's good for SEO as well too, right? Yeah. Having that you know word content as opposed yeah. to just imagery. Yeah. Okay, Robert, what about you? What do you think are some of the, the must-have things you should have on your site? Um, well, of course, a contact form needs to be very crisp and clear and precise on how they can get a hold of you. And uh, I know I have links to my contact form throughout my page so that at any point, as soon as the client makes that decision to contact me, they can click on that link. So maybe it's my bio page and they read my bio and, you know, and there's a link right there that'll take them to the contact page as opposed to them having to find the contact button. Not that that should be hard. That should be also a no-brainer. They should be, you should be able to have that right in your main menu at the top. Um, so yes, being able to contact you um, I think I said this before, but again, with your images, um, I think, you know, again, defining your style, they need to be strong. You need to have enough images, but not too many images. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of the last changes that I made on my gallery, instead of just having um, a gallery of my, you know, best images, I put up a real wedding section because that's a word that brides see all over the place now on every blog, everywhere. So I have a real wedding section where they can go and they can see, um, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 images from one wedding that I've done. That will also help you. I also try to, in the real wedding section, put up a variety. So maybe there's a night wedding, there's a church wedding, there's a destination wedding, there's a you know, hotel wedding, uh, so that the, you know, that particular bride can relate to her wedding depending on how she's doing it. Now, I do a fair amount of destination weddings, so I show a fair amount of destination weddings um, because that helps with, along with my SEO, like we were talking about. Um, and they get to see, like, oh, wow, it just sort of like, look, this guy works all over the world, and it's okay for me to hire him, is kind of you're giving him that permission. Um, I mean, I think those. What about you, Bruce? You ask a lot of questions, but we don't always give you the chance. To no, your right. must-haves. Um, I think a must-have is your phone number. Oh yeah. yes, please, thank you, amen. Phone number, <laughs> phone number, and where you're located. Yeah. I I see so many um, sites out there that I don't have. Not that I mean, again, you can travel or whatever, but I I think generally speaking, if people are looking for a wedding photographer in their area. They'd like to know that they're, you know, in their area. <laughs> so that, having that, but having a phone number, um, I think is so key. I see so many uh, photographers' websites where they don't have a phone number. Um, and to me, I want people to phone me, not, you know, not that people do, <laughs> people say, but I still think you want to have a phone number on there and a way to, to contact them. And I think another kind of, it's not so much a must-have, but it's, um, it's just keeping in mind a design principle is, is keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. And not trying to make it get too cute with, like, I've seen these things where they try to get too cute with, like, these fancy fly-out menu. Th they try to get too complicated with the UI for just for the sake of it being, I don't know, interesting. And it ends up just being frustrating 
And if people get frustrated, they're just going to click and move on. They're going to yeah. go on to somebody that's that's easier. Um, you know, I relate somebody browsing on a website to a burglar trying to break into a house. If it's if there's bars in the window and it's too complicated, they're just going to move on to the next house. So you want to make you know you want to make you want to be that next house. You want to make it easy for people to reach you. You don't want to you know overcomplicate things. Make it simple. Make the navigation really simple. Test it on as many different platforms as you can. Test it on as many different devices as you can, and make sure that you know it's it's it, it comes out the way you want it to to be on a mobile device on a on a desktop, um, and just keep it simple and don't try to overcomplicate things and get too you know too cute with wording and too cute with the the UI design. So just keeping it simple. Have your phone number on there. That would be I think I'm you know. There's lots of must-haves, but those would be one of my must-haves. And what, and here's another thought. You mentioned phone number, which is something that I have on my contact page. Now, I do this because I have um, the phone service that I use sort of gives me the ability to do this. Um, but I put a link on there so that they can actually text me. I ha It literally says, we text too. Text us with any questions. Now, let me define that. That's not my personal phone number. It works through this phone service that I use. So I get a text via the app that I use and in the phone service, but they're not um, texting me directly. They don't have my personal information. They don't even know that it's myself replying back to them. Um, so interesting, like in today's world and today's bride, you know, like everyone likes to text. And I agree with what Brian said. Amen to the phone number and the phone calls because I prefer to talk on the phone 95% of the time, but today's people, they don't want to. They want to email you. They want to, you know, text you, however, besides picking up the phone. Um, but if, if you have that ability, there's a way to do it, or you don't mind, you know, putting your text. You know, if you can do that, give them a, the ability to text you because people, it's so common in today's place. I mean, we can't fight the system. We have to just sort of go with it. So why not go with it? Absolutely. Okay, what about some have-nots? What are some things that photographers should not have on their website? Brian? Um, have-nots. I mean, this is like a, a bigger fundamental thing, but one of my issues with a lot of websites is that you basically drop people on your website and expect them to know what to do and where to go. And I think that that is a pretty fundamental challenge that a lot of photographers have. Um, you know, Bruce, like you said, I love I love the analogy of doing the burglar thing, right? And having the bars and the windows and stuff. It's like if you if you drop someone on your website and they can click anywhere, there's a whole bunch of buttons, there's a whole bunch of menus, there's sub menus, there's all this. You're basically just saying, come on in, browse around. I don't really have any defined path that I want you to follow, but if you like the stuff that you happen to click upon, then go ahead and contact me. <laughs> and when you do it that way, you're not really um, either guaranteeing that they're actually going to see the content that you want them to see. If you let them just arbitrarily click around, they may not, not actually make it to your about page, um, especially if you call it about. I mean, no one really wants to go to a website and click on the about page. It's like the history page, right? It's like mm. no one cares. <laughs> we just put it there for, for ourselves almost more than anything. So um, I like the idea of sort of helping to guide your clients through the process of viewing and visiting your website. 
So the way that I do it is I just have like one, two, three, four, five, and it's almost like a guided tour. When they're done page one, they go on to page two. When they're done page two, they go on to page three, and I guide them through it. So by doing that, I'm A, helping them through the process, making sure that they actually take in what I want them to take in, but I'm also not just dropping them and saying, go at it, have fun, click contact if you like me. So I think I think that that could just be not that it's necessarily a do not, but I would just encourage you to consider um, do not just drop them on your homepage and expect that they're going to know what to do and where to go. Excellent, Robert. What about you? What do you think as a as a, a things to avoid on the site? I don't know if this is an avoid or I'll change the word a little bit and let's call it pet peeve. <laughs> you can do that. Uh, but now think of it that way. What are your pet peeves when you go to one site? So we can kind of maybe if there's more. But the one thing that it comes to my mind that bugs me the most is when photographers put, when they're talking about their fees, it says the investment. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I hate that. That's what I, that's like, what I, that's what I, I I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, people are going to disagree <laughs> with me. That's what this show is about. But, yeah. but, like, I just call it what it is, you know. Fees, yes, it's like, you know, we agree as wedding photographers, it's the only thing you have left and it's your investment, but I don't know, it's just, it's one of those things that bucks me, like, you know, studio fees, pricing, whatever, I mean, we've had this conversation whether you want to put it on your site or not, or what your starting points are, but it's just that word bugs me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, instead of investment, say, what's it going to cost me, sucker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruce, what do you think? What's what's a pet peeve? Music. Oh, oh gosh, yes. uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, music. I I've I think it's becoming less of a trend. I'm seeing it less, but I still see it. I yeah. still see it out there. And uh, I mean, think about your audience, right? If you put music on there, number one, a lot of times, I don't know that they're you know they're not necessarily using copyright. Um, you know, music they have the copyright to you know, allowed to use. They don't have a license to use it. Um, I mean, there's lots of great sites out there now where you can license music. There's Triple Scoop and Musicbed and so many great sites where you can license music for for things like that. But think about your audience. If you, you know, if you're play, putting a particular style of music, say you pick a country song or something like that and, and you're, you're getting brides that hate country music, you're going to drive them off your site. Yep. If you put... Um, you know, I don't know, whoever, pick an artist, but if you put somebody, a style or type of music that they don't like, you're going to immediately drive them off your website. Um, if they're, a lot of times, brides are doing their research where? At work. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so the last thing they want is to be outed that they're not working and that they're doing their wedding planning at work, right? So if they go on the website and there's music, all of a sudden jumps up, um, right? So I just, music on websites needs to go away permanently. Yep. Um, and obviously, this probably goes without saying, but but Flash, yeah, you know, Flash is Flash is dead. Uh, you know, rest in peace, um, Flash. But it was a flash in the pan. It was a flash in the pan. Uh, Not you know, to be confused with having images that use Flash in them, but more correct. so the technology that. Yeah. Shows your website should not That's, be Flash. <laughs> yes, yeah, the back end, yeah, the back end technology should not be Flash. Um, again, it's not Flash. Was a it was a it was used I think initially as more of like an animation tool, um, and then it gradually made its way into the web world. And it was I mean it was neat when it came out, and the things you could do with Flash were pretty amazing, and it looked it, it made a site look different, um, but it wasn't mobile friendly, um, and it wasn't very SEO friendly either. And so Flash needs to go away along with music. Yep. Those would be my pet like peeves it. or do-not-haves. I've got another pet peeve. How about I can't stand 
when I go to a website of a photographer who takes pictures for a living and they don't have a damn picture of themselves on their website. Mm, yes. Yeah. Come on. That should actually be the first thing that you show on your website is a picture mm -hmm. of yourself because that's who they're hiring. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, we, had, we talked earlier quite in depth about the whole personality thing and whether you believe it or not, people still want to see who it is they're looking to get in touch with. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a picture of yourself, then I think you're really, really alienating yourself from your client. Or what if you're like me and you're ugly? Create a bio video. <laughs> I had one on, and it's still on my site right now. It's kind of a harder link to find on my bio page because I'm working on a new one. But even if it's a 30 minute, 60, you know, not 30, 30 minute, 30 second, <laughs> 60 second this is, this version is the of like feature. Yeah. You talking to the camera, right? And just whatever it is, like maybe not talking about your services, but talking about you or your style or how you work. Or, you know, whatever, it, it really gives, when I had the video and when mine was relevant, it's like five or six years old now, which is why I want to change it, but um, I would I'd get hired by people. Um, well, I'll even give you a prime example, like right in the celebrity world, I had an appointment before, which was unusual, when I was going to shoot Miranda Lambert and Blake Shelton's wedding. Uh, they contacted me. She was getting together with some of her girls in Texas for a weekend, um, and I said, well, I'll fly out there and meet with her. Um, and she actually, this was about close to a year before her wedding, which is kind of unusual for a celebrity wedding. Anyway, um, we made the appointment. I booked my ticket, whatever. In the interim, she had gone to my site and watched the video, and her people called me back, and she says, Robert, you don't have to come if you don't want to. She watched your video, and she loves you, and she's going to hire you. Mm. But I went anyway. Mm. Do you have a video... Um, Brian, on your site, like an intro. I have I have a video of my clients talking about me, mm -hmm. um, so it's less about me talking about me and more about my clients talking about me. And it's also then, in my opinion, with a little bit uh, greater credibility because it's not me bragging about myself, mm -hmm. and it's perhaps a little bit more interesting that way. But I've also seen it done. What are you really, trying to say, Brian? But no, no. no. What? But what I was actually just going to say is I've seen <laughs> those videos done really, really well when they're short, concise, and to the point. Um, one of the ones I just went to look for it, and unfortunately he took it off. But for anyone that knows Becker, um, I love the video that he had because it's basically it's a quick like I think it's like 15 seconds. It literally opens the video up. He's got a camera and he's like, "Hey, just wanted to say hello. I'm Becker. Welcome to my website. Congratulations on your engagement. Browse around and click this little button if you want to get in touch with me. See you soon." And it's like a really quick little greeting, and I actually just love that because it makes what could be impersonal, which is a, a website very, very personal. And you're almost like, you're like the Walmart greeter when somebody comes in, right? But I, I just, I like that kind of um, personality injection into the website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about wanting to put a little more video on ours and, and, and actually get something done and something put together, like actually mm -hmm. you know, professionally put together. So one of these days we're going to, that's on our, on our list. But yeah, the first thing you see on our website is a photograph of me and my wife. And then you know it slides into our other our other yeah. images, but that's one of the first things that you see on our site is you know is about us. Love well, it. and again, videos seem so intimidating, but just food for thought, you guys, you know, if you're not willing to do it yourself, there's so many cameras that shoot video today. But I mean, I think a better piece of advice is find a local videographer that you work with that you see all the time. You know, maybe do a little trade, family portrait, whatever. You know, have them create, even if it's what Brian said, like Becker's video, just that little, you know, for a videographer to do that for you for a 15 second intro, hey, my name is Becker. That's going to be nothing, very little work for them. To create a two minute video is a little bit more um, if you want to go that extent, but it's well, well worth it. It's well worth it. Yeah. 
Um, so I wanted to ask um, about updating kind of your, your website. So how, how frequently do you guys update your sites in terms of now when I say updating your site, obviously content, you want to get content on there on a regular basis. And we're going to talk about, you know, blogging and whatnot in a future episode in terms of that kind of regular content. But in terms of updating and refreshing the, the, the content on the site versus say like a, an overhaul to keep up with changes in technology and things like that, what would you guys say is a good um, window in terms of doing those things? Mm. If you can and you have the ability, you know, and if you keep it like a schedule, almost like blogging, but maybe like once a month just for your website. Like, again, I'll give you an example. I have a big image banner, which is the, you know, the top of my homepage, and I can easily add to that. Again, in WordPress, it's like adding a post. It's really simple. I go in, I upload the image to the site, I put it in there, and boom, it's up. And I have maybe 15 images that run on that banner, but when I'm excited about something new, I put that image on the on the banner. And so, um, you know, you can kind of keep up with like what I've done. Um, and then I would say real weddings, realistically, you know, maybe um, I have approximately hold on, going to it nine real weddings on my page. Um, and I would say maybe a couple times a year I will update those, change one out, put a new one in. Again, you know, probably something that I'm excited about. Um, but if you have that ability to, you know, just kind of update on your homepage. Um, another thing, uh, which is topic off topic, I have a plugin. It's an Instagram plugin. So at the bottom of my homepage, um, it shows my Instagram feed. Um, so we're always posting to that. Um, so that shows up at the bottom, and I think it shows the latest, it cycles between like the latest three images. Um, so again, uh, but then you're going to have to ask yourself, you know, what you're posting to Instagram, is that relevant to your page? If people maybe don't want to see your baby or what you had for lunch or those type of things. So you need to think about that. My rule with Instagram is I post only powerful, strong images, and every once in a while I'll post a little something about myself, like if you go there now, I like to fish, so there's a picture of me with a big fish that I caught. Um, but it, it does, you know, it, it gives them a little bit insight into you, but I generally try to keep that rule, you know, just nice, powerful images. Yep. Brian, how about you? What, uh, how often do you update your site, or how often do you overhaul your site? Or what would your suggestion be? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things is, like, I, I think that you should give yourself as little friction as possible to having to do these things. Um, in the sense that if you wait to do it, uh, you know, every quarter or once a year or even once a month, um, it could potentially turn into a pretty big thing. Um, I also believe that your website should be fresh constantly, so there, so there should always be fresh images on there. So if you just do it so that you have, um, I mean, we're all after you edit a wedding, you're going to be five-star images for the blog, for Facebook, for social media, for whatever your favorites. Why don't you just have a little export preset in Lightroom? that you choose your you know, three or four favorites from each wedding or however you want to organize your website. And after every single wedding, like make that part of your workflow. When you blog the images, when you Facebook the images, you also just throw three or four new ones up on your website and just refresh that. And that way you're kind of doing it in smaller chunks and you're not giving yourself that big sort of like scary thing of saying, oh, I got to go and like revamp all my galleries on my website. So you're doing it in smaller steps, which means A, it'll probably actually get done, and B, it's almost just a part of your workflow, so you don't have to go and dedicate like two or three days to do it every you know quarter or every every year that you want to do it. So that's that would be my opinion is just to do it as often as you can and uh, try and 
define a system or a workflow or a process to reduce as much friction in doing that as possible. Yeah, that's a good tip. I need to I need to take that advice because I'm guilty of doing that. Where I'll sit down, say in December, when things will slow down, and yeah. go, okay, time to you know time to refresh the portfolio on the website. What images do I want to put on there this year? And then I'm going back through all the weddings I shot in the year, and yeah. So and then it's like, oh, I don't really want to do that today. I just want to <laughs> I want to do something else. So yeah, you're right. Doing making it part of your workflow that's a really good uh, that's a good yeah. tip. So. Um, all right. Well, we should probably I, we could probably there's probably a million different ways we could take this this <laughs> discussion and go. We didn't really go into too much of the technical side of things, but um, I think we should maybe move on to our listener question. Yeah. Um, and then we can again we can touch on some of these things maybe in another episode as well. But um, this is kind of we have a we have a listener question this week, and it kind of relates to, to our websites uh, website stuff. Um, so this week we've got a question. Uh, it's from Michael Meeks. He wrote into us at Twipwed at this week. Uh, in photo.com and he said uh, as I'm using basic SEO strategies to try and gain outside exposure I've actually slipped a little bit in my local market when it comes to Google I know that this isn't the end of the world and I am getting referrals about 40% of my clients are now referrals but how do you go about promoting yourself outside of your local market without losing your status locally. So I guess Michael's looking to kind of branch out beyond where he, he didn't stay where he lives, but he's looking to branch out, you know, and doing uh, weddings outside of where he lives, but he doesn't want to impact sort of the search engine optimization for his local area. So what, what are some strategies? Maybe Robert, I'll throw it over to you. What do you think are some strategies? Maybe just rotate your content. I think a lot of your SEO, uh, you know, yes, you have to have it on your homepage and, you know, a good homepage talking about that you're the local West Virginia photographer wherever you live. Um, but your blog is a good way to put local as well as to put destination if that's what he wants. If, you know, let's just say it's destination or outside his area. So I would think just rotating some of that content, you know, put up a local wedding, put up a destination wedding, put up a local wedding, put up a destination wedding. Or if he feels he's slipping more locally, then beef up your blog and kind of put up some more local stuff. And then, um, you know, every once in a while you put up your, you know, destination stuff. So, again, just basic without going to SEO for those of you who don't understand it. But, you know, for local, he's going to want to, you know, if he lives in South Carolina, you know, so he puts up South Carolina wedding photographer here at the local church, you know, ABC Christian. And, you know, and he talks about, you know, without being obnoxious, you talk about, you know, name the local town and where it was and things like that, you know, and is the same with destination, but, you know, you kind of play that up. But I would think the blog is probably the best way, and I know we're not talking about that on this show, but um, next episode, I believe, is blog. Um, so, but I think that would probably be one of the better ways. And then, again, just, you know, work on your local marketing. You go beyond the web, go out and meet people face-to-face, show your portfolio, have coffee, have lunch, have breakfast, you know, make relationships. Business is about relationships and, you know, developing them, and that's where you're going to get a lot of your business. Um, I have a blog and a website and all those things because I have to, but I spend a lot of time developing my relationships with people. Yeah. Brian, any tips, any suggestions? Any yeah, I would say um, you are not going to be able to effectively, if you're, um, from like a purely SEO perspective, you will not be able to um, be successful in setting up your website for SEO in both local and another place. Like you've sort of got to choose one or the other because from an SEO perspective, they're basically saying like SEO works by saying, what is this person an expert at? 
that's what I'm going to start to push him up in the search engines for. So if you want to be an expert for being a Niagara wedding photographer, great, they'll push you up. But if I want to be a Niagara wedding photographer and a Turks and Caicos destination wedding photographer, Google's not going to like seeing both of those. So they're not really going to, you're not going to do well at either of those. So my suggestion would be, why don't you have a landing page for each? So you have a separate not website, but a separate page on your website that is sort of like the starting portal for your local work and a starting portal for your non-local work, your destination work. And then you can do SEO on your local one for local stuff and on your destination one for destination stuff. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. They all live in the same ecosystem, but you technically have you know, two different starting points. And then you can specialize in each of those starting points in the one that makes sense for them. Would that be your advice too for photographers who do photography, you know, photography other than just wedding photography? Like we do commercial photography and wedding photography. Yeah. And would that be your suggestion as well? If yeah, are? totally. Like if if you if you um, and here's the other thing, right? Is we have to ask ourselves how important is SEO in these different things. Like for me, I do offer weddings, I offer portraits, I offer boudoir, and I offer environmental business portraits. But I don't really hinge too much on SEO to get business for anything outside of weddings. So all of my SEO stuff is based on weddings and everything else just falls in there because it's there. But if you really want to use SEO as a point of getting inquiries and getting visitors, then yeah, I mean you can't have a website that's wedding, portrait, newborn, maternity, destination, local, commercial, advertising, product, photographer, based in Niagara, Ontario, this, destination, it's like that's, you, Google will never push you up in the search engines because of that. Yeah. So if you want to use SEO, then yeah, have a different landing page for each different category or specialty or each different area that you want to go into and then focus just on that for SEO on that yeah, page. Google will sort of see as jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, it's good good advice for Michael, so hopefully that helps him out. Um, again, we want to hear from you guys, so if you have a question for us, um, just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com. You can leave your questions and comments on the blog post for this episode, or you can submit your questions by emailing us at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. All right, on to our final segment, which is our picks of the week. And each episode, we're going to share a photography-related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers. And our pick can be anything as long as it's somehow related to photography or the business of photography. So, Mr. Evans, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What have you got for us as a pick this week? Well, this last week, uh, but by the time you're listening to it, it'll probably be out. Sony announced three brand-new cameras, uh, the RX10 uh, II, the A7R2 and the RX104. Um, I want to talk about the RX104, although I'm excited about all of them. Um, the RX100 series cameras, this is the fourth one, of course, um, they're basically, you know, point and shoots that go in your pocket. Um, but all of these cameras, and especially this one, now shoot 4K video internally, which may not be important to you, which is not necessarily why I'm in love with this camera. It's just an amazing, the quality of the imagery. It's got a Zeiss lens on it, um, and it just fits in your pocket, and I've really been just looking for that camera, the walk around, don't have to have my big camera with me, but so that I have a camera with me at all times, whether it goes in the center console of my car, um, in my pocket if I'm just out for a walk or a bike ride or one of those things. Because, you know, I'm sure we can all think about that situation where we kicked ourselves because we didn't have a camera and we saw something pretty amazing. So that is my pick of the week, uh, the RX104. Very good. Mr. Capricci? Cool. Um, piggybacking off of that, actually, I've got the RX100 uh, version 2. I bought it for my wife because when we had our daughter, 
she wanted something that was better than the iPhone, but she didn't quite want an SLR or anything big like that. And it's a great camera. So I would uh, endorse that to pick of the week as well. Well, and quickly, because you said that, which is something I should have pointed out, you can Wi-Fi images right yeah. from the camera to your phone. Yeah. So I do that a ton for Instagram and those things. It's really a great little feature. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great camera. Um, okay, my pick of the week, it's totally going to be a shameless plug. Um, it is the thing that I have been consumed with for the past uh, 20 months, I guess, by the time this episode comes out, so a very, very long time. Um, I've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast, but I just wanted to kind of give it its own little space here in the pick of the week, which is Sprout Studio, which is what we are building, um, or I guess by the time this goes live, um, have built. <laughs> uh, we're in beta right now. Basically, what Sprout Studio is, is the, uh, the first all-in-one uh, business success software for photographers, which basically um, marries together the uh, functions and uses of having a studio management software, an invoicing software, um, customer relationship management software, online galleries, sales galleries, album proofing, um, and probably 20 other things I'm just not having to mention right now. But it's basically the one piece of software that you need to organize your business and run a successful photography business. The challenge that we've seen so many times, time and time again, and the reason I'm so passionate about teaching business is because so many photographers get into photography because they love photography and forget about everything that's involved in actually running a successful business. And there's so many systems and processes and workflows and things that we have to consider to be successful at at being a good photographer um, that we want to we want to reduce as much friction as possible there and give all these tools in one place so that a photography a photographer can run a successful photography business so Sprout Studio can I ask a Sprout Studio question Brian yeah you can of course I was I was actually looking at this this morning prior to the show cool um, as I told you guys but because Bruce uh, had put up the Facebook group and I was looking at that and I saw the link um, so I, I'm sure this is a longer answer, but you can give me a shortened version of it. Um, Come on, you know me by now. I can't give short answers. <laughs> well, for, for the sales tool, you know, yeah. the, I like that you can do the online sales, and I saw that. I haven't really dug deep into it. Yep. But compared to, you know, like if you really want to do sales, you want the client to come in. Yep. So explain that feature versus how you have it on, on your site. Yeah, totally. So w one of the biggest things is that there's so many photographers, like in-person sales, we know it's an effective way of doing sales. We use ProSelect, we bring a client into the studio, and we do the whole sales appointment. The thing is, is that a lot of photographers, and as I get out and talk to more and more photographers, they have excuses as to why they're not doing that. Either they say, I don't have a studio, I don't want to invest, I don't want to have the time, my clients won't do it, whatever it is. So what they're doing is they're just doing online galleries. And we all know that online galleries, you're not going to make good sales out of an online gallery. So sales galleries, which is part of Sprout Studio, is basically the marriage of online galleries and in-person sales. So it allows you the convenience and flexibility of the online gallery, but with the same process and functionality of in-person sales. That all being said, you could make a sales gallery and pull it up in person and still walk your client through it in person. So you don't have to do it online. You can still do it in studio the same way that we do in-person sales. Got it. So they could come in, you could do your sales that way, make your $25,000 for the in-person sale, yep. and then they still want, well, but can we have them online? Well, of course you can. You just yep. spent $25,000, yep. and now it's the same familiar process that they saw in your studio. Exactly. Got it. Yep. Hmm. Does it integrate with ProSelect? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't need to because it does what ProSelect would do for you. Got it. Okay. Yep. 
Those are like an online version of ProSelect. Exactly, yep. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for giving me the chance to have a little shameless plug. I know it's something that I'm building it, but it's something I'm just so excited about it because it's going to make such a huge difference um, in photographers' business and how they how they run their business. Heck, I'm excited to use it in my own business because I, I built it out of a frustration and a need that I had. So as much as, yes, I'm the CEO of the company, um, I'm just as excited about the impact it can have on the industry as anybody. So, I think, But that's the idea of the picks of the week, the little yep. things that we find helpful and interesting. And yep. You know, from that perspective, you know, I agree with you. Yeah. Cool. I, I even smell a future episode, perhaps. Yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. With well, a sponsorship. Yeah. With a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick this week, um, it's kind of an interesting one. Um, so it's called it's called V uh, for video. So it's V E E, and it's a it's a new app that's uh, right now available for the iPhone. I believe they're working on an Android version. But um, so this comes from the makers of uh, Camera Plus. So you guys were familiar with Camera Plus. Um, it was sort of the go-to camera app um, for the iPhone when it first came out. And so the team uh, that's behind that, we actually had her on Twip. Uh, Lisa Betney was on Twip um, a few weeks ago now talking about it. But um, I had a chance to try this app out, and uh, I was just recently up on the in Vancouver, and I was touring the, the Sunshine Coast, and I uh, went to one of the top ten fjords in the world, which is quite beautiful. And so I used this app and it's really cool because you can shoot video and you can just create a project and then you can continue to shoot and add clips to the project. And then you can go through and it's very easy. You can just rearrange the clips very easily. You can add filters. It has the ability as you're shooting the video to change like if you want to shoot say 240 frames per second. Um, and then you can slow it down, you can add filters to each clip, rearrange, you can trim the clips, and then when you're all done, you've got your finished product, you can add music to it, and then you can upload it very easily to YouTube or Vimeo or some of the video sharing sites. So it just kind of made that, so I think we've all been there where we've shot a little bit of video with our iPhone, and we just have all these clips accumulated on our iPhone of video, and we've probably never done anything with them. I know I was kind of guilty of that. Um, this is kind of a, a really kind of nice intuitive way of dealing with video. So it's it's called V for Video, and uh, that's actually their website is V for Video. Um, you can get it on the App Store. It's like $1.99, um, and it's a great little video app. So if you, you want to just shoot a little bit of video, maybe you need to do your intro video, um, you know, you can uh, pick up this uh, this little app, and it's uh, pretty cool. So awesome. check it out. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. Parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to thank again or thank our, our sponsors for their support. And we want to re you know, remind our audience to please send in your questions for the show and uh, share your thoughts by commenting on the blog post for this episode. But before we, uh, before we duck out of here, uh, what's everybody up to and where can uh, our audience go to keep up with everybody? Brian? I am up to Sprout Studio. <laughs> yes, knee-deep in the Sprout Studio. Yes, very, very knee-deep. We've now got a team of 13 here, including a bunch of developers, a bunch of designers, customer service. I'm super busy with that, but I love it. And um, by the time this goes live, I'm probably going to kick myself in the butt for actually saying this. We have a few weeks, right, Bruce? By the time this, yep. goes, live, okay. yep. by the time this goes live, Sprout Studio will be out for users to register right now. We're in beta, so uh, we're knee-deep in that and loving it and having a great time. So if you want to find out more about, uh, I mean, obviously that's the product that I have, but sproutingphotographer.com is sort of the whole ecosystem of everything that I do. We've got a ton of education about there about the business of photography, and we also have a podcast that we do all about the business of photography. So sproutingphotographer.com. 
And what about your? What if we want to see your website? If you're a person. Oh yeah, hey, right. That's yeah, that's that's cool too. So all the things I talked about today are obviously based on what I believe in websites should be, and I practice what I preach. So if you want to check my website out for my own photography business, it's www.bcapphoto.com, and that's B C A P. P-H-O-T-O, there's two P's in there. Um, I don't have the other domain registered. I probably should, though, <laughs> with yeah. only one P. But yeah, Get on that now com. before this airs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a bunch of domain squatters that go in, uh, and step on that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's where you can find me. Excellent. Sounds good. Mr. Evans, what, do you have, what have you got coming up, and uh, where can we find you? Well, I have a big weekend coming up. It's uh, going to be June 27th. I have a wedding. I have a 70th birthday party, juggling people and crews and things. And so, and also a charity event that I'm capping off at the very end of it. Um, so it'll be fun. But if people want to find me, it's pretty much all by my name, at Robert Evans on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, my website is robertevans.com. Uh, Google Plus, Robert Evans 101, Facebook, Robert Evans Studios, and of course here on TwipWeb. Excellent. And if you're if you're looking for me, I don't have I don't have any uh, anything coming up other than just weddings, <laughs> lots and lots of weddings. So we're we're knee deep in it here now. So it's wedding season from here on out. So um, just be shooting weddings. So but look for lots of updated, new, fresh content on our blog. Uh, but you can find uh, all our stuff that we're up to at momentsindigital.com. You're welcome to come and give us feedback and critique on our website. Uh, we don't mind uh, hearing that. Um, and if you're looking for me on the social networks, um, again, you'll find me. I'm at Bruce Clark with an E on most of the social networks, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So feel free to find me there. And if you're looking for us, uh, you again, visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com. Look for the weddings section and you'll see all the blog posts for this episode. So thanks again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. <laughs> <laughs>